To get to the joy of Easter Sunday, you have to pass through the silence of Holy Saturday. It's a day that tends to get skipped over. We have rituals to mark the other days in Holy Week. Processions on Palm Sunday and foot washing on Maundy Thursday and adoration of the cross on Good Friday. But what do you do on Holy Saturday? Jesus has died. The spectacle is over. The crowds have gone home. What do you do to mark that day? The day when nothing happened. Luke tells us how the women from Galilee who had followed Jesus to Jerusalem spent that day. It was just before the Sabbath when Jesus died, and the women knew there were practicalities to take care of. Someone needed to prepare the body, after all. So they got to work, mixing ointments and spices, preparing what they would need to give their teacher and their friend a proper burial. They worked quickly because the Sabbath was coming, and Luke tells us that on that day, they rested according to the commandment. Can you imagine what that must have been like, resting that first Holy Saturday? The Sabbath is meant to be a day for appreciating the goodness of life, for enjoying family and friends, for singing, for worshiping, for giving thanks. I have to imagine this was a very different sort of Sabbath day, one where the time just sort of crawled by, where there was little to distract everyone from their disappointment and grief. Still, they observed the tradition, Luke tells us. They did what Jesus, no doubt, always did on the Sabbath when he was with them. They rested, made conversation as best they could, prayed if they could find the words. I'm not aware of many rituals for marking Holy Saturday, but maybe we don't really need them, because I think it's probably not too far from how life actually feels much of the time. Holy Saturday is the day when grief is raw. It's the day when everything feels like a mess and you can't do much of anything about it. It's the day when there are questions, but no answers. It's the day when the illness persists or the job search hits another dead end, or you are overwhelmed by the sheer magnitude of need and injustice in the world. It's the day when worry and loss and fear feel final and absolute, like there is nothing on the other side of them. It's the day when you are deeply, down to the bone, weary. Sometimes Holy Saturday lasts much longer than a day in our lives. Sometimes there can be weeks, seasons, years that feel that way. For many of us, these past couple of years have been a Holy Saturday sort of time. The Sabbath comes to an end, but for the women, it still feels like Holy Saturday when they wake up the next morning. They do what they know to do. They head to the tomb to tend to Jesus' body, but they know full well that nothing's going to change. Their friend will still be dead. Their hopes will still be dashed. Their hurt will still be a heavy stone in the pit of their stomachs. And then comes the surprise. The stone rolled away, the body missing, those mysterious figures suddenly standing there at the entrance to the tomb with startling words to match the scene. Why do you look for the living among the dead? 
Well, there's a very good reason they're looking for Jesus among the dead. It's a holy Saturday time, after all. It's a holy Saturday sort of world. A world where the powerful can run right over the weak, where hopes get dashed, where the dead stay dead. We know plenty about that world, too. That's how it is, isn't it? That's how things work. But those two strangers with the dazzling clothes have a different message to share. Jesus told you all about this, they say. He told you he would be betrayed and crucified and that he would rise again. Remember? So why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, but he's risen. It is no longer the day of dead ends, they say. It is no longer Holy Saturday. It's a new day. It is the day of resurrection. It is Easter. Those messengers vanish as suddenly as they came, and the women are left with a question that followers of Jesus would be left with forever after. It's a question that we're faced with this morning. What do we do with that word? What do we do with the word that something very strange has happened? That one of the greatest certainties of life, the certainty that death is final, is no longer certain. We might imagine that seeing an empty tomb and a couple of angels would make it easy to accept that word. But I'm not actually so sure about that. I mean, when the angels were gone and everything was quiet again, there was still no proof, really. Just an empty space there. Maybe we were dreaming, I can imagine one of the women saying. Or maybe we are just out of our minds with grief. Maybe someone else took the body away. Maybe this is all a sick joke. Practically anything would be more plausible than the announcement they had just heard. So they were faced with that question that would become our question 2,000 years later. What do we do with this word that Jesus has risen? Do we dismiss it as nonsense? Do we set it aside? Do we sit on it and keep it to ourselves? Or do we dare to believe that it just might be true? Do we dare to believe that everything has changed, even though it might sound crazy, even though it might sound foolish? It could have gone either way here, you know. The way the Gospel of Mark tells the story, the women leave the tomb terrified and tell no one anything. That's a response that sounds perfectly understandable to me in this situation. But here the women remember they remember Jesus' words. They take the risk of believing that something truly amazing has happened. And nothing would be the same ever again. Easter invites us to follow their lead, to dare to believe that it's really true, and to see where that believing takes us. Timothy Lull, the late pastor and professor, spoke about Christian faith this way. Years ago, he wrote this about the Monday demonstrations in East Germany, those peaceful protests in the late 1980s and early 90s that often involved the local churches. Many factors contributed to the fall of East Germany, state terrorism, the spies, and the opening of the wall, he said. But it could not have happened without those who gathered to pray and light candles in the St. Nicholas Church in Leipzig, or without an almost naive conviction that in the end moved the world, 
That's the secret of the woman or man of faith, one who knows that the mystery of each person is rooted in the mystery of God, does not take the world's bottom lines and hard realism as the last word. One who knows that Christ is risen from the dead is not deterred by common sense notions of what's possible or impossible. Such folks light their candles, let the lights shine brightly, and commit the rest to God. The late 1980s were certainly a Holy Saturday sort of time in East Germany, a time when fear and oppression seemed to rule the day. But those who gathered in prayer knew something more. They knew that Christ has been raised, and that means that no Holy Saturday time can last forever. Do you see it? If Jesus has been raised from the dead, then nothing is impossible. If Jesus has been raised from the dead, then all the deathly powers present in our lives and in our world are in danger. None of them is final. None of them is absolute. Tyrants, injustice, war, hurt, grief, oppression, shame. None of these will have the last say because Christ is risen. None of them will win because all will be made alive in Christ. We can't prove the resurrection any more than the women at the tomb could that first Easter day. We can only follow their lead and dare to believe it. Make no mistake, it is a strange thing to believe. It can sound more than a little crazy, this notion that life, not death, will have the last word. You heard the reaction of the disciples themselves, these people who spent all that time with Jesus for years when the women came and told them what they'd seen. It seemed to them an idle tale, Luke says. Idle tale is a super polite translation of the Greek word that's used there. You can use your imagination. It's baloney, hooey, complete and utter nonsense. It seemed foolish to them. I mean, come on, I imagine the disciples saying to the women, look how strong the powerful are. Look how strong death is. Are you really going to believe that? Yes, says the testimony of the women through history. Yes, say the people of faith who have followed their lead. Yes, we say too. Christians at their best are the fools who dare believe in God's power to call dead things to life, says New Testament professor Esau Macaulay. That is who we are friends, a community of people daring this strange belief together, daring to believe that no Holy Saturday is final, that Easter Day has come and will continue to come because the stone is rolled away, the tomb is empty, and nothing is impossible with this God. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.